0: Thank you for choosing to listen to the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast in a really amazing selection of other podcasts indicative of the recruitment market and the business market. For whatever reason you're listening now, we just want to say thank you for choosing us. We couldn't do this without our sponsor and our partners. We're going to talk about them a little bit later on in the show, but thank you to Pager, our sponsors, and our partners, Inclusion Crowd and needy. And without further ado, let's jump in to get to know this week's guest. Boy, are you in for a treat today. This podcast will absolutely illuminate your day, whatever time you're listening to this. And This next guest actually approached me because he has been listening to the show for a number of months, and he just wanted to thank some of the guests that had been on, the leaders that he felt were inspiring and resonating with him, um, as he sat there as the founder of a global recruitment business that has had quite a phenomenal story to share um, over the last eight years. So this is Raheel Ahmed, and he's the managing partner for Foresight Partners. And we actually ended up talking about very little what we were going to plan to talk about. We just went with the flow of the conversation. So you are in for a treat. We talk about how he grew his business from a london cupboard as he called it to a global office with a new york uh, office filled with, filled with people now to up to 80 people within 8 years um how he believes his secret formula to ensure the route to billing manager is successful rather than which so often happens it just ends up being um, a way to not earn as much money or potentially lose people out of the industry um how as a business they specialize in the sports arena sports world Uh, they've now launched their own podcast and how he believes that the sporting background and people from a sporting background could be our secret hidden talent pool for future recruiters. You are going to love this podcast because I really loved it and we could have talked all day to be honest with you. So without further ado let's jump into the episode. This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast and I'm really excited to introduce to our global community today somebody who's been sat in your shoes actually. He has been listening to the pod And he dropped me a very kind message recently to say that he was enjoying listening to other leaders and felt like he was nodding away and lots of things were resonating with him. And I thought, what a fantastic future guest to have on. So here we are. Without further ado, this is Raheel Ahmad, and he's the managing partner of Forsyth Barnes. So welcome to you today. How are you?
1: Yeah, brilliant. Thank you for having me. They're Doing doing all good. Bright early morning in New York this morning.
0: Ah. I got in last night. Very nice. I was going to say, so you're based in New York. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and what the business does.
1: Yeah, so to try and give you the short story, I guess. I um, uh, studied with a law degree, went from there, got into the recruitment world back in 2010. Met my current business partners back then in, in 2010, started a few months apart from each other. Um, kind of came up through the ranks in the businesses that we're in and went from top pillars to managing teams and offices and so on as well. And then we set up FB in 2016. So from there, this is now what, our eighth year, seven years, we've had year-on-year growth every single year. We've now got three offices, one in London, which is where we started off in what I'd call a glorified cupboard, Um, (laughs) one in Nottingham, which we then set up uh, less than a year later, and Scott relocated back to Knott's uh, with Kay's wife, and then we set up New York, should have been 2020, but for obvious reasons, Mm -hmm. so moved out here last year. um, Wow. That's took fantastic. five others from the UK out here, and they're all relocated permanently. Um, hired some more out here, and we're going to the New York office here. So I, I kind of, I live in um, got a house in the UK, but I spend my time between all three offices.
0: Wow, that's a fantastic! What does the business actually do? What's your market and industry specialism?
1: Yeah, so predominantly we're uh, mid to exec search um, in, across three core markets. So e as we call it internally, which is a lot of like the online retail and, and consumer products uh, type brands. Uh, FinTech, and then a personal favourite, just because we're sports nuts, is the sports and entertainment uh, sectors uh... that we operate in as well.
0: Some really amazing sexes to be in there. So, I mean, I love the provenance of your story. And I think it's, there'll be plenty of people listening that also did law degrees. That seems to be a really popular route that you do the law degree. And then at some yeah. point in your brain, you go, I, I'm not actually going to go and follow a career in law and I'm going to go into yeah. a career in recruitment. So, and we actually get, as well as, you know, getting messages from leaders like yourself, we do get a lot of people who are just starting out. So you know that yeah. might be you. Maybe you're listening now and you've just done your LLB honours and thought oh, this isn't for me. So that's really nice to hear. So did you actually set set out? To, I'm really interested to hear that. And you know your 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 career journey and how you've set the business up. You've obviously scaled relatively quickly, I would say, from a you know a, a chronological order point of view. How much of that has been planned and how much of that has been you've just kind of gone with the flow? We are so proud at the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to be sponsored by Pager. Pager helps recruiters to build personal brands, to identify new business opportunities, to attract those hard-to-find candidates and to basically have better conversations. Now, you will have a large network that you want to build credibility with on LinkedIn and sometimes posting content every day feels impossible. Now, that changes once you have Pager. Pager provides you with the ideas, the content and the scheduling capability to produce daily content to build out your own personal brand in minutes and for business development too. Pager identifies companies that are advertising jobs, have key hiring indicators such as funding rounds, mergers, acquisitions or senior appointments and then alerts you to this daily Pager also enables you to write candidate-centric job adverts without bias in seconds. So once you advertise your job, Pager will then automatically create a branded post and publish it to LinkedIn without you even having to lift a finger. So when you want to actively source candidates, you can create complex Boolean strings in seconds. All you need to do is to provide the job title and location. Now Pager is making thousands and thousands of recruiters smarter and faster. For more information, click on the link pager.co to book your demo and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when inquiring. Now, back to the episode.
1: I think at the earlier stages, probably a little bit there was always a plan, right? We always knew we we had the ambitions to go global. We always knew that we were gonna have a London and a Knox office uh, in the UK. So you've got the kind of broader plan Mm. and certain things along the way and along the journey have kind of either deviated a little bit or we've kind of gone in a slightly different direction um, like along the way as well. But I'd say in the more recent years, then there's been a much more kind of detailed plan which we've followed and, and so on as well so the org structure that we've now put in place and got we've been able to grow significantly off the back of that the emi structure that we've put in place now where scott and i have committed to giving a third of the business away to our people right. but that that is all now following the larger plan
0: yeah and i really i think that's really interesting because i think there has to be an element of i mean you just said that we were supposed to do it in 2020 and we didn't you have yeah. to have a little bit of a nuance in your plan don't you as a business leader but i think yeah. having that strategy of how you're going to grow so how many heads do you actually at now across as we record this now in about 2020? 80 plus wow God, that's that's phenomenal growth since 20, 2016. Yeah. So eight, yeah that is that is really quite remarkable i want to pick up on something that you said and i don't know if it was flippantly but i do want to pick up on something oh. here in that you went from being top performers to becoming managers of teams yes yeah that is actually very often i my day job is rec. so i very often get people coming to me who are either in this quandary of whether they want to go down that billing manager route because yeah. you know there are lots of considerations or those who are being managed by ex top billers who are very ineffectual billing managers because they haven't necessarily got the behaviors so for you how did you ensure that you harnessed all the skills and attributes that made you a top biller but that yeah. you could then, I guess, replicate or pass on to the people that you were leading in your team?
1: I would say that's the honestly, that's probably the biggest challenge. I think a lot of other founders or, or senior managers in the business would tell you something similar. That 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 is the hardest challenge. Mm. Um, but none. I would Both Scott and I were almost kind of not, I won't say self-taught, but self-experienced in, in terms of management. Mm -hmm. I don't think either of us have ever kind of been put through a management course or formal management training or anything like that. We, we learn on the job. We learned, we've Mm -hmm. learned through time. We've learned through our own mistakes. We've learned through our own successes. We've tried to learn from other people and influences as well. So looking at that, we've always tried to pass on our wisdom to our people. But then also at the same time, I've looked at it and said, well, I don't want that same set of struggles for the same reasons for our people as well. Mm -hmm. So we will put them through something which is a lot more structured. We will put them through something which is a lot more supportive. We will put them through external type training to actually Mm -hmm. lend in towards management and so on as well. Mm -hmm. So as an example, with my senior leadership team across the business, we have like an industry expert coming in every quarter. Now, very rarely are they recruitment related. we've had someone come in uh, two quarters in a row who's been all about leadership excellence. And Mark actually delivers that to global corporates, So to Sky, Vodafone, MS, et cetera. And right. he's been doing this for 25 years, like across all industries. Yeah. So his whole piece was about service and leadership excellence. So our people will benefit so much more from that rather than just having quite often what we see in, in recruitment, a very kind of narrow-minded rec view to things.
0: Yeah yeah definitely but you're creating a more holistic view i really like that and i don't think there are many people that i've come across where they actually bring in somebody externally from the industry to teach them about whether it's leadership it could be business development it could be there are some
1: elements where we do look at the specialism for instance the last bit of training we had ben stockin for anyone who who wants to use him, a little plug for him um but he he came in now operates not exclusively in recruitment but does a lot in the recruitment world came from like a a, a sporting coaching background as well right. which is one of the reasons why we really like Ben mm-hmm. um and he talked about how to implement a sales strategy all mm-hmm. towards the leadership in the um, that senior team as well mm-hmm. so we we try to take people from a wider skill set than just rec because mm-hmm. the day job tends to be a lot about rec itself
0: Mm. yeah no I really like that I think that's actually very unique and so and, and obviously the I guess the dilemma that someone's sat here now top biller there's always the quandary of if I then move into that leadership role I'm not going to earn as much yeah. money so I think it's it's ensuring that they're doing it for the right reasons what are you doing that with your head for anyone that's listening it's uh, kind thinking of going of some hmm. of
1: my people now and mm. and they're still earning very good amounts on it. so if I right. think some of uh, our division managers our billing manager population mm. they're still doing very well personally they get right. management comes on top and bonuses and everything on top of it as well so i know that's the kind of industry expectation and with some people it will be because they will just go to the management side really quickly but we've got a number of people who are actually doing better for it so,
0: so right we, well we want to know your formula so what are you doing to ensure that they're not burning out because yep. doing the job of a billing manager is is the hardest job there is no question yep. Um, how are you ensuring they're not burning out, that they're still performing to ensure that they're earning on their personal billings, but they're they're giving and they're altruistic to their team? How What are you doing? We are so proud to be partners of Needy, the gifting revolution. Here at Key Recruitment, we absolutely love to send out bespoke gifts to our new place candidates to welcome them in their new jobs, but also as an extra special thank you to clients or when a team is celebrating something really special. But to be honest, we were really fed up with dull or mediocre gifts that you could just buy on the high street that didn't really reflect who we are at Key Recruitment as a business. This is why we chose Needy. Needy source sustainably from the UK's best independent businesses, offering the most perfect array of bespoke gifts and experiences too. So no more boring bottles of plonk or rubbish boxes of chocolates. This is how you make your customers day with a gift that really matters and shows that you really want to do something special for them for more information on how psychology and ai forming to make the best gift experience for you click on the link and remember to mention the recruiters recruitment podcast when ordering now back to the episode if
1: i if i could sit here and say i've got the final perfect formula then i don't i don't think we'd just be at 80 we'd probably be at 800 by now <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. but for, for all I guess intents and purposes it's a question that I'm asking myself all the time mm. is uh is what we intend to call the FB way is it as simplistic as possible mm. and then I guess for that divisional manager population it's me always asking the question of myself as well as of my MDs for our offices as well what's what's holding them back what's what's stopping them from focusing on what they need to be are oh, they now getting involved in x y and z cool how much time is that taken no. up how much of a distraction is it let let's find a way to take it away from them mm. then i'll often speak to my business partner scott um can we do something about this can this be brought into a different team can we take this away from them which mm. they're capable of doing and in some respects they've got the it's good progression and development for them but do we want that for the whole group probably not so can we take care of that centrally as a business through other people through automation whatever it might be and it's mm. just trying to keep their job as simple as possible so they can be the best, that they can be at the core things that they need to. Mm. And then they can look at their development when they're ready to. Mm.
0: So, that, so that actually the element of the job that they're sort of excelling in is the people side rather than all the other yeah. stuff that can get automated, it, I guess.
1: It, it's trying to get them focused and doing the most of what they're good at and what they should be doing. Rather than getting bogged down in loads of internal meetings or loads of compliance or admin or or whatever it is, we know there's enough admin to do. But anything that we can kind of take away from them to help them focus on the things that they want to be Mm -hmm. doing, that they enjoy doing, that they will add the most value to, Mm -hmm. then we'll see how we can take that away from them.
0: So the secret formula, actually, and I'm, I'm possibly, I'm hoping I'm understanding this right, is not necessarily actually what they're doing differently as billing managers, but as a business, you're creating a structure and a support system that they can lean into, so that they can just then be propelled forward in actually billing and allowing their team to bill. You're not, they're not getting bogged down in all the other stuff.
1: We try to, yeah, that's exactly it. I think it's the culture and the environment that we're trying to build from. Don't get me wrong, that's not to denigrate anything that they are doing themselves. No, no, no. fantastic no. people and the work ethic is, is phenomenal. Mm. Um, but we try to... And, and continuing to try to build that environment mm. where they're able to focus on the things that they enjoy doing the most yeah. that will progress yeah. them to the next level yeah. um, and they'll add the most value in as well and we definitely. we try to take as much of the other stuff away from them as possible
0: mm. oh definitely i mean two things there first and foremost don't ever listen to the don't ever listen to a podcast because you're trying to cheat your way to the top you have to work hard you have to put the hours yep. in to become an expert it's ten thousand hours i think of work that you just can't buy you can't get instant gratification for you can't just use a chat bot to get you there so that's a reality check and i love the fact that you use the word enjoy you know just let people go and enjoy what they do get them in their natural flow and guess what they'll probably make a lot more money and be much more successful so i love that you've you're almost simplifying oversimplifying it but i i actually really like that mantra i think that's clearly what has sort of got you to the, to the point that you have so and um, obviously your sectors are at the sort of pinnacle, I guess, in terms of what technology is happening and how they're using yeah. AI. So given that where I think we're at a really pivotal point as an industry, as a recruitment industry with, you know, chat GPTs just suddenly we weren't even talking about that in 2022. So now it's like that's all anyone's thinking about with artificial intelligence. You've talked about automation. Where, where do you where do you see the next 12 months sort of two years of an industry of what we should and can be doing to ensure that we're using it but it's not damaging us as as a profession I suppose. The Recruiters Recruitment Podcast is thrilled to be partnering with Inclusion Crowd. Inclusion Crowd put the D into diversity but do it disruptively. We love that. Really reflecting what we're about. I was introduced to Inclusion Crowd back in 2020, and I've been absolutely blown away with what they're doing to totally transform the recruitment and hiring sector. They believe at Inclusion Crowd that companies should be reflective of society, and that no matter who you are listening now, you have a story to tell. You have a contribution to make. An Inclusion Crowd educates you in allowing your voice to come out and share that story but doing it in a way that educates your colleagues and your customers equally. Inclusion Crowd, like the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, has clients all over the world and they specialise in our industry. What we all want to do together is to maintain best practice and to raise industry standards to enable us to attract and retain the best talent but doing so inclusively and with true diversity by doing this by accomplishing a true edi policy within your business you will also retain the top talent as well as attract new talent which is a win-win for everybody listening making more profitable business and a much better industry higher regard highly regarded inclusion crowd are also the official awarding body for the inclusion and diversity certification mark within recruitment. We are so proud to be assisting and partnering inclusion crowd. If you want to know more information, please click on the link in this episode and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you do so. Now, back to the episode.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. Honestly, I think that we're such at still at such an infancy stage for all of this. It almost feels like, from remembering, I guess, uh, from old school history, but um, the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, in that the way that we're operating now will change so drastically over the next sort of 12, 36 months or so, that we're going to look back and say, how was it done before, et cetera, et <laughs> cetera. It's. I, I don't even think we uh, are even touching the sides on the capabilities around AI. Mm. And when you've got global tech leaders, you Elon Musk and a, a bunch of others are all saying, "Well, hang on, we 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 need to stop this. We need to slow this down to actually realise its capabilities and make sure we don't take this too far too quickly." Then I look at that and they're at the pinnacle of what global tech. Right. Mm. Us as an industry, it, it's there's so much more to come. So it's it's almost so hard to predict that. I guess there's. There are ways to create better efficiencies. I guess there's a thing that we have to ensure as an industry that we protect that ability for people to build relationships and it doesn't become transactional globally. The UK market is known as becoming a more transactional market, especially compared to a lot of European, US Australian markets as well. It's not losing that sense of um, relationship building, that sense of people in what we do. And for it to become so transactional, and that's something that we we are looking at the automation pieces. How can our people benefit from greater efficiencies mm. but at the same time, not losing that ability to connect to someone, not losing that ability to pitch someone, um, mm. and being wholly reliant on messaging or in like AI or whatever it might be.
0: Yeah, no, I totally I totally agree that, and, and I everything that you said there, I echo. Um, and it always staggers me that that's our sort of external global reputation. That you know, I'm here's shouting from the rooftops that we are relationship builders we are meant to be consultative in what we do and yeah. I I actually think that automation and as we you know I, I think you're probably right in terms of the timing of it I do think we're in at the po- point of a massive revolution if we are going to use it effectively those who are transactional you are the ones that will become redundant as a job because you'll get replaced yeah. by the automation it's as simple as that so I think it's about I want to attract people to the global community of the podcast who are who want to be the influencers, who want to be the go-to people in their market. and the only way you can do that is through relationships. So I, I think that's really I'm really pleased that you've kind of put your flag in as on with that. And so you've talked about, i mean, we we don't often get people on who work in such niche markets such as sports. and you you mentioned before that you've you've launched a podcast as well. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so I'd love to say it's me, but it's not. It's yeah. I'm, I'm looking at them over there, actually. Samir's yeah. in our New York office. He runs our sports and entertainment department out here. Yeah, um, Very well networked across uh, sporting organisations, governing bodies out here around the UK, because he, he's moved over from the UK market as well um as well as like the event stadiums and, and so on here as well so madison square gardens a client of ours lucky enough to get tickets and um, wow. sorted out for us and hospitality sorted out for us when we're out here for big events and so on as well so he's doing one called path to the pros um currently he's also recording content kind of ahead of time but currently i think he's released about five episodes so far four or five okay. episodes so far great with good senior execs in the marketplace and he, he's always looking to build his network within there as well. So it's, it's great for him to hear people's stories. A lot of people transition from the actual sporting side into the business side. And look, I'm a sports nut, so uh, I don't add much value from uh, an actual sporting <laughs> knowledge or a network knowledge. But I'll happily ride his coattails to go to the events and to, I was to just the, about the to say, and everything as well. So yeah. Do you need
0: a chaperone at all? You know, if you can get yeah, tickets he, for this.
1: At <laughs> this point, I don't think he, 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 I think he knows he doesn't have much of a choice. It's just going <laughs> to tag along. Um, can often talk about the extra value add that we can add to them as an organisation. Yeah. Um, but look, to be at a Formula One race in Barcelona, to be at Barcelona's ground, to be at uh, Madison Square Garden or the Staples Center like I'm I will follow most sports um and it's absolutely. just absolutely
0: well it well it is and actually I mean there is a reason obviously we will definitely share the link so it's called path to the pros I love the name yeah. of that that's that's great and good luck' it's Sahil you said so we'll make sure we tag him on the post as well that's Samir. Samir sorry and make sure right. he gets all the recognition because I know how hard work it is to have a podcast yeah but, it's doing you, you, you know just this is a really nice way to tell on the podcast because sports background is obviously one of the best backgrounds for recruiters? Because obviously yep. we're competitive, we tend to always be looking at high performance, the whole Kaizen mentality. So have you seen that, that's why you've, I mean, is there? do you think there's a correlation there? And then talk to us about maybe what we can learn as recruiters from the, the sporting people that you're, you're partnering.
1: Yeah, so I, 100%, I think probably the first thing that people with a strong sporting background have, and that we, we particularly like, and probably most across the industry do too, is the work ethic. It's the very first thing to get to a certain level at sports you you yeah. have to go above and beyond the norm that most people are willing to put in it's also the discipline yeah. so again if you're coming through a sporting background at a young age quite often you are making the sacrifices that your peers at that age aren't they're out yep. partying you're out training they're out drinking you're out maintaining your diet you're in the gym like etc cetera, etc cetera, as well yep. with, with most true. of them you're out practicing all the time and you've got those sacrifices that others haven't been willing to make at that at such a young part of their life. Yeah, so that true. tends to transcend very, very well into yeah. the kind of person that we're looking for. Yeah. Then the other bit that you tend to have in it is they have a certain, I not necessarily just eloquence, but they have a certain way of building relationships with people, yeah. Um, yeah. which in the sports world is, is brilliant to network with people and so on as well. And we've seen yeah. that too. Yeah. And um, They're just more natural at it as yeah. well. Yeah. So that tends to shine through very well for the job that we do. Mm-hmm. There's a competitive nature of what we do as well. It, it just it goes hand in hand, right? I There's agree. There's so many underlying mm-hmm. qualities that work well for us as an organisation. Scott and I are very like we're sports nuts ourselves. Um, so that tends to work from a cultural standpoint, but also from mm-hmm. an expectation standpoint that yeah. you've got a lot of the right things kind of hardwired into you from a very young age mm-hmm. um, before you've even set foot through the door
0: we talk about resilience don't we but generally people who do any kind of sport or fitness they've probably faced some sort of disappointment at some point whether it's in a race or a competition and you just have to get on I mean my my daughter is um a professional or semi-professional dancer she's a street dancer so I've I am dance mom so I think I get a badge as well (laughs) but honestly no everything that you've said there you know when you know she during summer clubs you know she she'll be off dancing when all her friends are out shopping or whatever they might be doing and I think that there's a real dedication and self-belief that sports people generally have but I agree with everything that you've said around that tenacity and around that um actually I think I don't know if this is a word you were searching for but I generally think people who have a dedication to physical well-being like that in the sports capacity they have a real grace about them
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a nice way to put it. Actually, yeah, yeah,
0: they're just they're they're not sweating the small stuff. They've they've got a real goal, and they just don't kind of. They tend to be quite positive people, generally speaking. So I think we should definitely, as an industry, because let's face it, we have a bottleneck as an industry when it comes to attracting talent. And if I know when I'm interviewing, I you know whilst I pride myself on working at the senior end of the market i absolutely relish getting new new people through and the ones who have generally had some sort of sporting prowess even if they've not quite made it to the top but they've pushed and pushed themselves you know that they're going to make it in recruitment so we need more i think people. there's a huge
1: market for you there because um there's a well-known reputation within the sport sporting world that their kids especially kind of get um uh tudor uh, and spit out right mm. and once if they've made it you've made it but the mm. chance of that's so slim So slim. and they, they have a bottleneck of people coming through there and then once mm. they're out there's mm. there's so many stories especially within football of there's, mm. there's no support or very little support yeah. well what do they do from there their whole yeah. world's crushed and so on yeah. so I, I think agree. there's a great if you can kind of plug that where you've got a path from right you're trying to make professional sports come this way mm. I think there's a great line of people come through for you we've got several in the business as well
0: i agree and i think you know we, we could talk we could wax lyrical about the whole barrier to entry but i think given that as a parent myself the degree option is 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 going to diminish and diminish for a lot of reasons actually not least that i think for a lot of young people they're very disillusioned by the education system but that is a whole different podcast i think yeah. actually what we're looking for is behaviors and values and i think everything you said that those are the people we want in the industry. We don't want someone that's just done a degree because that's what they were supposed to do. So I I think everything you've said there will elevate the perception of our industry, not just in the UK, but across the globe. And we do have a global audience. So thank you to wherever you're listening today. And I knew you'd be brilliant and you were wonderful on this side of the desk. So thank you for joining us on the Recruited Recruitment podcast. Thanks for having me. You're welcome.